This is an interview with Ryan Smith of Crusasis on Sunday, June 20th, 2021 by Nick Perkel. Now, Ryan, can you tell me about getting your very first drum set? So my first drum kit, my dad bought me. It was a Mapex maple kit. He bought me a bunch of snare drums before that, and he'd always buy me a new snare drum after I put a hole through the head because I would just smash it really hard. I was like probably 10 or 11 when he started buying me these and he didn't know you could buy a new head for the snare top so i had like a graveyard of like you know low-end snare drums and then he finally bought me uh, this nice little uh, mapex what's really cool about that is i had it forever and i just i sold it to my my buddy who has kids um uh, his name's christian and he uh we're, we're actually renting his house right now so the the first drum kit I ever had, I've been playing <laughs> again here the past year. So I still still playing it, this old Mapex. Were you involved with any private tutors, orchestras, or attend any performing arts schools or conservatories when you were younger? Not really. I did some piano lessons when I was really young, like maybe seven or something. I took some sax lessons. I played alto sax uh did jazz stuff when i was 17 for about a year that gave me a little bit of a foundation for sure of like the headier stuff with music but with drums bass guitar all the stuff i ended up playing through my 20s and stuff uh i didn't have any real lessons maybe just from friends here and there like one one-offs or anything now i've read you now focus on guitar what prompted this transition I've always played, I started playing bass seriously when I was like 13. That was my first real rock and roll thing. Um, and my first band I played in, that's what I would write with is bass. And then I moved to drums, learned the drums for a few years. And then all through that, I played a little bit of guitar. But I'd say around 2013, I was like starting to write songs on guitar. Since then, it's where my fascination has been mostly because uh, I just like, you know, rock songs, um, traditional style, writing with a guitar, it feels good. And so I've been doing that since for about seven years. What got you started on exploring America and Canada on your bike? I believe you've ridden from Alaska to California and around America like three times with it. Yeah, man. Uh, I was sick of living in Brooklyn. I lived there seven years. And in 2018, I moved up. I got a job in a lodge in Alaska for the summer. And I went up there and I had a really great season up there. I loved it. And I thought like, okay, uh, my life was really open then. I put all my stuff in a storage unit. And I basically had a job working on like weed farms in, in Northern California after for the fall in 2018 and I thought what's the what's the coolest way to get down from Alaska I never had a road bike in my life <laughs> I, I ended up thinking well motorcycle would be the coolest and I have nothing else to do so <laughs> I just bought this um 1100 Honda Sabre uh 1100 cc's and it was a 1984 bought it for 1500 bucks and I just said screw it I'll buy this bike see if I make it. I might not, and I'll just have to fly down anyway. 
I drove through mid-September through Canada down on my first bike trip after only like a month of riding. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, man, I went through like the Yukon, no one on the road. Like you take the Alaska Highway, it's like pretty shut down by then. Uh, it was like 30 degrees in the morning, like starting up the bike. It was crazy. Yeah, so I did that and made it through, got the bike to California. And um, since then, that same bike, I've, I've just keep riding it. I rode it uh, back to the East Coast, and then I rode it back for the next season for harvest in California. I rode through Canada a little over a year ago. I did my last cross-country trip where I rode it from California to uh, North Carolina, and the pandemic started. So I, I got into it just because I said, why the hell not, like, get a bike to, to go instead of fly everywhere. And my dad's a motorcycle dude. So, you know, I knew he, he loved it and he kind of inspired me for that. And then I've just fallen in love. I just, those long rides, those month long trips are just insane. They're so much fun. So just keep doing it. Can you tell me about some of your travels you've had in the past few years from like three months in Budapest to other parts of far East and Southeast Asia? Yeah, man. Uh, Budapest, I fell in love with. I, I had a friend who stayed at my house in Brooklyn through like a Craigslist kind of apartment swap or um, housing thing. So he rented my spot while I was in L.A. And then we became friends and he had an apartment in Budapest. And uh, I told him, I was like, look, man, uh, I've always wanted to live in Europe for, for any time. So this was back in 2017. He needed to be in New York, so we just swapped up. He stayed at my place in Brooklyn at the time, and I went out to Budapest and spent three months, and I just fell in love. I spent a lot of time there playing open mics just to meet people, going to punk shows, and then I went to uh, Poland and explored in Germany, Austria, Romania a little. Just, it was so awesome. I didn't know much about those countries. Yeah, traveling's just been a huge passion of mine, like... Uh, I've been to Iceland a few times. I, I've been to uh, Asia, like you mentioned. After the first season in California working on the farm, I I just bought a ticket to go to Japan, and I figured I'd be in Asia. I thought I'd go to Japan and spend as much time as I wanted. Turns out a month and a half was good there, and then I bought a ticket, went to Taiwan, spent about a month there, then checked out the Philippines, uh, for about three weeks. And then I went to Vietnam and I bought a motorcycle there, which is really cool. It was like more like a scooter, like, <laughs> but I spent two months riding that um, from south to north in Vietnam. And that was amazing. Uh, I just love meeting people. I love knowing where, what different parts of the world are like, how people are living in them. I like not being a musician. Uh, a lot of times people not knowing that I played music, just being a person and like just getting into whatever, you know, maybe working for a week with someone like on a farm in Japan or uh, Airbnb or like teaching English. I taught a little English in Vietnam, like, yeah, just trying stuff out and seeing the world, you know, I, I think it's really important. So it is for me. What were some of the most inspiring musicians you were exposed to? When I was young, my favorite bands that got me loving music were Opeth and Clutch. Radiohead, Hail to the Thief, really inspired me. Uh, those were great albums. Bjork really inspired me. Faith No More and Mike Patton's projects. And then as I got older and started playing and meeting people, like 
my buddy Steve was an incredible drummer. He inspired me. Um, my sax teacher, Jim Saltzman, he definitely left a mark. More importantly, people I'm still really working with here and there, or like still really close with, like my friend Christian Gibbs. That's the house I'm renting right now. He's an amazing songwriter. He's been writing since the 90s and had an album on Atlantic back in the 90s. And he's been a really cool mentor and friend. Uh, we worked forever together in Brooklyn. And, and my girlfriend, Melissa, is amazing musician. And we've been friends and playing shows together and touring together uh, on, on and off here and there since 2011. I'd say those, those people mainly like really help me feel like I'm not alone uh, just doing this thing because I don't have I don't have a, t a ton of people anymore like uh, that I'm working with or anything. So that's my my crew keeps inspiring me. How did those adventures help shape the personality of your new album from Crusasis? Well, the new album uh, I shared with you, at least uh, like half the tracks, maybe um, if you saw the artwork I sent you, it's got like this kind of crazy looking face that looks like its brain is exploding on a black background. The idea of it is, you know, I thought of the long night being the title because I don't know if you've experienced like having those nights where you can't sleep and your mind is just freaking out and you're, you know, it's just reeling and you're losing your shit a little bit. And, um, and like you wake up and you have to like have a normal day, but you just kind of like went through the universe and like that night and you're, you're alone and it's dark. And I don't know, it's it's just that that crazy feeling that can happen. And for some reason, the, these tracks make me feel like that. Uh, the traveling, I don't know how it how it affects it. It's definitely more subconscious. You know, it certainly shapes things because the world shapes you. And like the more I see and the more places I go, I think the more varied things get. That one song, Mountain or MTN, that definitely, the, I, I have these this mountain side of me, like uh, that's definitely inspired by living in, in the hills in California and just loving mountains and that sound. And that's kind of, I have some more songs like that that I'll release down the road that just make you feel that expansiveness. And um, so that might be inspired from, from living in California, you know? Yeah, I remember um, that song has like a soulful yearning to it, like a Southern vibe from say like Basque or Pony Killer, like you're traveling through on an adventure somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like um, where were you when the idea for that song came to you? And just, can you speak a bit more about it? Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny you mentioned Basque because I used to play shows with them with my old band, Thera Roya. I've stayed at the drummer's house, uh, Scott, he's a really nice guy and um, spent a lot of time playing in Asheville. Asheville is a mountain town in North Carolina. I lived there for a month um, last year. I did, I, as far as the song goes, like just that mountain style is um, like, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to live. I keep checking out different there's so many places to check out that are tucked away into different mountain ranges. And there's something about it, you know, like there's like an outlaw vibe. There's a freedom vibe in mountains. It's just, it's the same. Like when I was in the Philippines and I traveled to this town called Sagada in the Northern Philippines, it's like really high elevation. Like I, I'm not sure, maybe 10,000 feet or something. And these people were the most like free 
out there because the Philippines has some crazy laws, but they were like kind of free living up there. And, you know, the mountains where people are growing weed and stuff in California, super outlaw out in Alaska, living in those mountains. Like, I don't know. I just seem to, to find that like being a really inspiring place where it's just a little bit less defined for you and there's more openness. So yeah, what you're like hearing in the song is that feeling that like that openness. And I don't know where that riff came from because I've written a few really similar to it. And I just always think like, oh yeah, this is, this is from the mountains um, when something like that comes out. So tell me the crew that you used to record these collection of songs and like how long everything took. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't have a crew. I just did them. <laughs> uh, I recorded the parts and I played it all. And uh, I don't have like, I, I, I don't, I'm out here in this town, Berryville, New York. There's not, I don't know too many players up here and I like playing what I hear. So I, it's nice to be able to grab the instruments and, and just go for it and be in my own little world. So uh, that's what I did. And I've been writing this set of stuff since September. And I've, I've written about 60 songs or so. And so I'll have another album coming out right after this. Uh, I might release this album in mid or end of July and then another album end of August before I, I leave the house I'm living in. There's a chance I'll get a little band together to learn it this summer and to play some shows but uh that's kind of secondary to releasing all this music right now just to get it out there so that's how that went now these are going to be going on an upcoming album called the long night can you tell me the theme you're going for and if there are any particular stories you want to highlight surrounding the full album yeah um well i talked about it a little bit that like you know what it's about a little and the this this album got solidified around the first three tracks uh or let's say five the first five tracks where there's kind of this they're faster than usual for me they're more like um rock like i i play a lot of mid-tempo rock but my, i used to play with these guys um called the dangles which was a 80s like chick metal punk cover band like uh and we dress in drag and and cover stuff like share and stuff but do it real punk and i love i play drums but i've watched these guys doing that chugging like palm mute stuff like i don't know i love music like that um and so i was really trying to go for that have more high energy things and that's where the first bunch of tracks kind of go yeah, there's, I mean, a bunch of the songs have a little different stories. Riding East is a song about, uh, well, well, we could talk about that after. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it for the album, how, how it came together. Now, turning on Milk, Dirt, and Crystal Maze feels like a crazy David Lynch movie is about to start. It definitely set my expectations as something wild was going to happen. What was going on with that? <laughs> well so milk dirt is just this funny word that like combination i love and i almost named the album that just because it's ridiculous and uh i i just 
booked it for the the intro song because that like it's like this sample that's like it's actually an Ernest Hemingway um, sample that I read and I down tuned my voice so you can't really tell it's me and then it's like a black metal thing where I scream over it and he's talking Ernest Hemingway is talking about difference between night and day and like shit like that it's it's i don't even yeah so you, when you hear this song you'll see it's kind of plays into the title and then crystal maze yeah it's just high energy crazy that's really cool you you heard it sound like a david lynch thing it is kind of surreal and weird and uh yeah just just making what i what's fun now i could feel some fun nihilistic vibes and Riding East and its carefree attitude. Uh, where were you when you wrote it? And uh, tell me its meaning to you now. Yeah, that song's cool. I uh, I played it in in Cali it, with my little band up up in the hills there. It was all different different iterations of it. And then I rode cross country, and I actually ended up hooking up with my girlfriend now um melissa and it's kind of about that because i i wanted to i always had a thing for her and i wasn't sure what i was doing with my life at the time and i had a couple reasons for going east but mainly i wanted to just see like if she liked me like i liked her <laughs> so that song is just you know the lyrics are like yeah, I don't really care about anything else right now, so I might as well try on the other side from West Coast to East Coast and righty. So it's about going back, and the second verse is like um, all the good stuff, apple, cherry pie, find my darling on the other side. And it all worked out. It's a really cool story. It's really funny, actually, um, that I went and saw her, and she actually started talking about these guys who were trying to, like, be with her like you know she was texting with and i was like oh fuck she's she's talking about other guys right now like i totally like screw this like uh, <laughs> i uh i made a mistake so i kind of gave up and i just ended up working out um in brooklyn again and just hanging out and then deciding i'm gonna ride back west and whatever and then she got all mad at me because i kind of stopped i ghosted her a little and then I realized, oh, she she cares about me because she wanted to like hang out more and this and that. And then one day I just made a move in a park and I said, screw it, I'll just try and kiss her. And then that's it. <laughs> so the song's kind of about that. And like, it's really fun living like that, though, where part of your life is just motivated by one simple thing and not like all the chaos, like, you know, balancing work or and going out and friends and this and that and like all that like I just was riding around by myself and I was like let me see if this girl likes me like I like her and <laughs> that was it for that that time of life what are your favorite riding and adventure movies like Easy Rider that's a cool movie when I saw this question I thought about Rumblefish which my dad turned me on to when I was a teenager and it was really a impactful movie and it's got motorcycles in it and it's not entirely an adventure movie but it's really cool it's good for as a young dude there's a lot of like stuff you go through with like aggression and trying to feel like you matter somewhere and 
I mean, that's for anybody, but it's good for, I think, young guys. It's a good movie to, like, reference. Um, there's a couple cool characters that, and, and th there's a scene, I mean, about the motorcycles, like, uh, where the, these two brothers, one one guy steals a motorcycle and the other one is, like, a little more timid and gets on back and they share a ride and there's this beautiful riding through town scene on a motorcycle and the music is great. Stuart Copeland did the music and it's it's just perfect. It's so dreamy. And I actually put that on the soundtrack uh, of that that scene in Vietnam when I was on that my little bike there and rode through town with that playing. It was like really cool. So Rumblefish is probably that. And that, as far as like other cool adventure movies, like I like Mountain Men stuff, like weird old documentaries about people who just went off into Alaska or something like Jeremiah Johnson, things like that. That stuff's really cool. Uh, your three most hallowed albums. Yeah, I guess I'd have to pick a Clutch and an Opeth album. Uh, Clutch, pure, uh, Slow Old to China. Opeth, probably Blackwater Park. And I'll pick Bjork, Vespertine. Those three really got into me when I was uh, a teenager. And they, I still love those to this day. Your most cherished musical possession. I, my guitar is the thing I, I definitely feel most in tune with. My drum kit is pretty important to me. It's just a Pearl export, and probably those those two. Oh, my amp is really cool. I have a Music Man '70s like half stack that I play through. Those those things. Now, what is your favorite ghost story or urban legend you've heard in your travels? Favorite ghost story? Well, my girlfriend says that an alien came to the side of her bed once, and she's very convinced by it. <laughs> so uh, I, I've heard a lot of stories, but very rarely do people really believe it's one thing or another. A lot of times it's like, I don't know what it was dude but she's pretty convinced um an alien visited her so just by a sheer her will to say that this happened actually uh that one's probably gonna take the cake <laughs> did it say anything to her um that's a good question i don't think so i think uh i think it was just hanging out looking at her and she woke up and was like obviously it was a little traumatic but Maybe it was just, you know, observing. And so it might have been a nice alien. You know, it wasn't too, uh, wasn't said in any probes or anything. <laughs> Final words. Uh, thanks for thanks for having me, Nick. And uh, anybody who wants to listen, uh, Crusasis, it'll be on Spotify. C-R-U-S-A-S-I-S. And... Uh, I have a band camp too and all that. So I really appreciate anybody checking, spending time to check it out. Thank you. This has been an interview with Ryan Smith of Crusasis on Sunday, June 20th, 2021 by Nick Brickell.